Welcome to the Farmcast. I'm Emily Schwing. And I'm Dana Shinners, and we're recording from Veggie Lucian Community Farm. This is the second episode of a multi-series podcast to tell our stories on the farm. Each episode will focus on a particular story coming from our community on and around the farm. This episode will be the first in the Soil Story series. And we have a special guest with us today, Colleen, our farm manager. God-fearing, hard-working combine driver, hogging up the road on my p p p p plower chugging five miles an hour, on my international harvester. Our Soil Stories series is completely focused on soil health and what we at VeggieLution are doing to improve our soil health. And the whole staff has been thinking about this lately and thinking about how do we make soil exciting. How do we do that? Well, I think that soil is exciting because aside from the fact that it's just like fun to play with dirt and tromp around in mud, etc., I think that the particular history of soil in our area, in San Jose, um, is sort of fraught. And there's been a lot of, this used to be an agricultural area, and now it's been developed. And we've sort of, uh, we haven't cared as much about our soil um, in this county as we should. And I think that it's exciting because there's a lot of possibility right now to take really good care of our soil and improve our soil. So how is Vegilution a soil steward? Well, I first have to say that we haven't always been the best soil stewards, um, but we've been thinking a lot recently and we're very committed to going forward, um, really putting all the time and energy into our soil that we should be. Um, and what that means for us right now is cover cropping a huge percentage of our cultivatable land through this winter. We'll be cover cropping 2.4 out of 2.9 acres. Um, and we'll also be using one of our fields as a no-till demonstration plot through the winter. Can you talk a little bit more about no-till agriculture? How does that work? So no-till, in contrast with a regular tillage system, um, doesn't mechanically disturb the soil hardly at all. So in a typical tillage system, either hand-till or, or tractor-cultivated, um, you're turning the soil, you're breaking the soil up into smaller aggregates so that you can plant into it more easily, it's fluffier, etc. Um, and you know, that has its benefits. At the same time, going through and disturbing the soil chops up earthworms, mycorrhizal fungi, it disturbs soil biology, and in a no-till system, you're keeping all of that, that soil ecosystem intact, um, which is one of the main benefits of it. Um, you also, in a no-till system, are keeping the land planted almost at all times so that you don't have um, soil erosion, lots of water runoff. You're also not losing nutrients basically volatilizing into the air because of the sun um, and over time you're adding a lot of organic material to the soil um, and just continually sort of fostering and improving that existing soil microbiology. So you mentioned cover cropping what specifically does that look like at Vegilution? So we've typically each year planted a cover crop through the winter um, and this year we're going to be doing that on a large portion of our land. Um, and what that looks like this year is a 
mixture of various things, predominantly legumes, which fix nitrogen in the soil, um, including bell beans, peas, and vetch. Um, there's also some oats in that mixture. Um, and aside from fixing nitrogen in the soil, a cover crop also, once it's grown to maturity, you mow it down and you disc it into the soil, you reincorporate it into the soil. So you're adding all of that biomass and that organic matter into the soil. Um, and higher percentages of organic material in your soil improve the water retention capacity um, you know, at a, at a pretty significant magnitude. Um, putting energy into our soil health, especially with a focus on water retention, is really important in water management in a drought. Um, so as part of our soil health campaign here, we are sticking to the adage that healthy soil equals healthy communities. Can you say anything about that, Colleen? Yeah, so I think that as we are changing some practices at the farm um, with a focus on soil health, that's a great opportunity for us to build community through conversations around soil and what it means to take care of soil and what that looks like in our climate, in our particular area. Also, when you have healthy soil, you are using less water, you're producing more food in the same area because as you improve the soil quality, you can, you know, you have bountiful nutrients and you can get higher yields. And um, that means that with the same amount of space and, and a similar amount of labor, we can in the future over the next three to five years, produce more food on the same amount of land um, and make that food available in the ways that we normally do through a lot of low cost and no cost channels. So in those conversations, is there a question that comes up a lot about cover crop? Like, for instance, I'm thinking I've been asked several times, do you eat it once it's grown to maturity? Is there a question that you can think of that a lot of people that come to the farm ask you? Uh, I have also been asked <laughs> if you can eat the cover crop, and the answer is sometimes. Um, last year, we definitely harvested, we had fava beans as part of our cover crop mix, um, which is which is a legume, and uh, we harvested greens, fava leaves, from the cover crop uh, to supply for our winter CSA. They're like super delicious um, as a salad green. Um, so yeah, sometimes you can eat the cover crop, but for the most part, when you plant a cover crop, especially a fava, like a fava bean, you're not growing it to the point where it's producing beans. I mean, you want to cut it down and incorporate it before that point because you want to keep all that energy in the plant and in the soil rather than in the seeds. Um, well, another question that I've heard um, is about what it means on the farm to have such a huge portion of our land be dedicated to cover crop this winter instead of for production of vegetables um, and what that means as far as how much food we're producing. And obviously we're not going to be producing as much food this winter as we have in the past couple of winters because we're dedicating more land to the cover crop. But over the long term, as I've mentioned, as we take care of the soil and improve the soil quality, um, we'll be able to have higher yields of what we are growing in the future. Um, and overall, we'll be growing healthier plants and healthier vegetables um, if we're not sort of pushing our production so, so hard and uh, not paying as much attention to the soil health. 
So not everyone has a six-acre farm. Um, so are some of the tactics that we're using here, can other people implement them in like their own backyard gardens or landscaping sort of things? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, cover cropping is a pretty important tool in the uh, small farmer's proverbial toolbox. Um, so it, it works really well on farms of our scale and, and much larger. But it can also work in a backyard setting and in a small garden setting. Even in raised beds, you can plant a cover crop. Um, Jen, our youth garden educator, is currently uh, planting a cover crop in one of the raised beds in the youth garden. So, you know, even if you're not working with as large of a piece of land as we have at Vegilution, you can still use some of the same practices to improve soil health on a smaller scale. So what are the next steps that Vegilution plans to take uh, to improve their soil health? Um, so aside from cover cropping this winter, um, we are going to be using the mid-acre, one of our fields, as sort of an experimental plot in no-till farming practices. Um, and we just received a grant from PG&E to help us kick that off. Um, so we'll be getting some broad forks, which are a great implement for uh, sort of with minimal disruption of the soil, aerating and lifting the soil. Um, and we'll also be getting some cloth to cover the beds that we aren't using to protect them from erosion, et cetera. Um, and basically everything that's from now on, everything that we're planting in the mid acre, we're going to be planting using no-till practices. Um, and a lot of this is inspired by a visit that some of us took to Singing Frogs Farm up in Sonoma County a while back. Um, they're a no-till farm that uh, Paul and Elizabeth Kaiser, they really advocate for no-till farming methods and they, and they go around educating people about what those practices are. And when we went and visited, we were thoroughly inspired by um, the improvements they've made in their soil health over the last six years using no-till. And so we're going to try, try and see if we can use some of those practices and, and replicate those results here in San Jose. Okay, so thank you, Colleen, for coming on our show today. I'm sure we'll have you as a returning guest to share your knowledge about soil and many things beyond that. Thank you for having me. And if you were confused by what Colleen meant when she referenced the mid-acre, come out and visit us on the farm. We have volunteer days every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Our next episode will air on Monday, October 19th.